angels. We've heard about them, read about them, seen depictions in art, movies, and TV. In this series, Pastor Fred Price Jr. gets into what they actually are and their purpose. Let's jump in. Uh, we were on a specific subject and we left off at a specific point. You guys bring your notes. All right, so if you brought your notes, then you know where I stopped. I mean, I was right in the middle of something, if you recall. Let's see. If I recall, I was giving you some names. But we'll do it. We'll, let's let's do a, a brief, a brief review. Go over a few things. Our subject is the purpose of angels. Uh, we looked at some meanings for the word angel. The Old Testament and the New Testament would agree that uh, an angel is a messenger, a messenger of God. Angels are uh, God's soldiers that consist of the heavenly host. We looked at. Uh, the creation of angels, who created them, why they were created, when they were created. We saw some interesting things in Scripture. When we went to Colossians chapter 1, we saw that uh, Jesus, the Scripture says all things were created by him, all things were created through him, all things were created for him, whether visible or invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities. We saw that Jesus, the Christ, the Logos, the Word, was, was instrumental in the creation of the angelic creatures and the instrumental in the creation of the world. Uh, we looked at when they were created, and we saw in Job 38 that when the foundations of the earth were laid, the sons of God shouted for joy. So we know that the angels were present at the creation of the earth, which means they were created sometime before that. They are not omnipotent in that they have not existed forever like God. They were created by God. God is uh, their source, just like he's our source. Without God, angels would not exist. We would not exist. But they were created before the foundations of the earth were laid. Uh, we looked at how many angels there were in Hebrews, or how, how many there are. And Hebrews 12 sums it up like this, uh, an innumerable company of angels, so many that they cannot be numbered. So there are enough angels on our side. Uh, we looked at the nature and appearance of an angel. Uh, we saw that it is generally recognized that angels have three elements of personality. Number one, angels have intelligence. Number two, angels have emotions. And number three, angels have wills. We uh, discussed how angels look. They have an appearance in the physical realm. And in the spirit realm, in the physical realm, Hebrews 13, 2 says some have unwittingly entertained angels, which means we most likely in our lifetime have come across an angel and did not know because in this physical realm, they look like you. They look like me. They have an appearance in the uh, in the spirit world or the spirit realm. Very interesting appearance. Uh, not all angels look alike. We, we looked at the cherubim, four winged creatures, four faced creatures. 
We looked at the seraphim, six-winged creatures. So these, these creatures have different looks. Some have wings. We cannot assume that they all have wings. We know that they have the capability of flight. We know they're big. We know they're strong. The Bible says they're greater in power and might. An angel of the Lord uh, moved the stone from uh, the tomb of Jesus. And scholars agree that that, tomb, uh, that that stone weighed at least 2,000 pounds. So, so angels have great strength. Where we left off was... Uh, we looked at the names of angels. We talked about the relationship between angels and Jesus, the relationship between man, angels, and Jesus. Uh, when, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, after he prayed, an angel came and ministered to him. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, after being tempted, an angel came and ministered to him. The Bible says that Jesus does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. That's me, that's you, the seed of Abraham, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We talked about where do angels live. Obviously, they live in heaven, but we came across something interesting in Ephesians, in Galatians chapter 1, where Paul says if, if anyone, whether it be a man or an angel, come from, coming from heaven preaching a different gospel, and so we kind of keyed in that on that angel coming from heaven preaching a different gospel because we're curious as to why would an angel from heaven, God, you know, God is God, he's a good God, heaven's a good place, he, he created the angels, the, the two-thirds of the angels that stayed with him are good, so why would an angel from heaven, a good place, preach a different gospel? But then we got clarification on heaven. First Corinthians, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 12 Paul says, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Only God knows, says how he was caught up to the third heaven. And then as we continue to read, Paul calls the third heaven paradise. See, this is where God dwells. This is where he sits on the throne. Well, if the Bible mentions a third heaven, there must be a first heaven. There must be a second heaven. And we explain the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. The third heaven, that's where God is. The first heaven is our atmospheric heavens. And then the second heaven, that's Satan's territory where he has access to the throne and he has access into the earth realm through the first heaven. Now, what's Satan, you know, still doing in heaven? What's, what's he going to the throne for? Well, I thought he got kicked out. Well, yes, he got kicked out in the sense that he's no longer uh, a resident of heaven. He's no longer a part of God's team, a part of God's army. But there's a scripture in Job 1.6 and in Job 2.1. God asked the question, he asked Satan, he says, where have you been? He says, from walking to, uh, 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 to and fro, back, back across the earth. And it says that he's presented himself, he presented himself with the sons of God. In order to present yourself before God, you must be in the third heaven, before the throne of God. So there Satan is with other angels and what is he doing? When Satan goes to the throne, he goes to the throne for one thing, and that's to accuse the brethren. Revelation 12 calls him the accuser of the brethren. So he left off with uh, named angels. I believe I gave you one, Lucifer. In Isaiah chapter 14, we are informed of Lucifer. And uh, Lucifer is a good name. What do I mean by that? Well, when God created, see, you have to understand, God did not create Satan. God did not create the devil. God created Lucifer. Amen. See, Lucifer means light bearer or morning star. See, that's who God created. Lucifer decides he's going to create something else. Now, he has no creative ability, you know, in, in comparison to God. So 
once he opposed God, he became the embodiment of evil. Evil and wickedness did not exist before him. So once he went against God, if, if you're against God and God is good, then, then you're no longer good. You're no longer on the side that's good. He has become evil and therefore gave himself the name Satan and the devil. And then when we go through scripture, we see a host of titles that he has. So uh, Lucifer in Isaiah chapter 14, we're, we're, we're informed of Lucifer's son of the morning. Then uh, I don't know if I told you to go to Luke chapter one, but let's go to Luke chapter one. Because I believe I believe we are we are familiar. I, I think if I was to ask the question, well, how many angels have names? I'm sure you'd give me three. If I was a betting man, I'd bet you, you would know three names. Luke chapter 1. All right, and when you have it, say, I have it. All right, in the first chapter of Luke, let us look at... Mm, let's look at verse 13. Luke 1.13, it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people pre prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. See, there's that there's that same unbelief that we, we saw with Abraham and Sarah. Look, verse 19. It says, and the angel answered and said to him, I am who? I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. So we have an angel here who identifies himself as Gabriel. All right, now look at Jude, the ninth verse. Jude, the ninth verse. Are you there? All right, first, first four words of the verse says, Yet who? Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So we have Lucifer, an, an, an angel that had the name Lucifer, who is now known as Satan. And then we have the angel Gabriel. Some believe that there were three archangels. I mean, and I've heard some interesting, you know, interesting things. People have interesting takes on uh, what 
the word might have to say about, you know, angelic rankings. Some believe that there were three archangels, you know, Satan and uh, Gabriel and Michael. And each of these high ranking angels had jurisdiction over a third of the angels, which is why one third fell when Lucifer fell. I mean, it's a good idea. It, 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 not, it, it can't necessarily be supported by Scripture um, because, number one, Michael actually is the only angel in Scripture called an archangel. Some believe Gabriel's an archangel, but there's no Scripture that says he's an archangel. No Scripture that says uh, Lucifer was an archangel. Scripture does say Lucifer was the anointed cherub, so no longer is he anointed, but he's, he's a cherub. So we know he's a cherub. Gabriel appears to be a messenger angel. Michael, clearly, the scripture says, is an archangel. Now, as I said, I'm not telling you any names you've never heard before. I'm sure we've all heard of Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. We go to Revelation chapter 9. Some rather not debate as to whether other angels have names. I figure, well, God's pretty intelligent. And I would think that God would at least be capable of naming every angel, even if their names aren't in Scripture. It's not like he'd forget their names. Revelation chapter 9. All right, look at... Uh, look at the first verse. Revelation 9, 1 says, Then the fifth angel sounded. Here's John speaking. He said, Then the fifth angel sounded. He says, And I, John, I saw a what? So he saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth to him. Did you get that? John said, I saw something. He says, I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. So what's John saying? He says, he saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth and to that star was given a key. So him is the star in this verse. So John has just given a star personality. Now, I told you this last time that there are places in Scripture where the word star is not referring to the bright lights we see in the sky, but it is referring to angels. This Greek word translates into the meaning celestial body. So John, he heard an, the fifth angel sound the trumpet. Then he sees an angel fall from heaven to earth, and this angel was given a key to a place, a place called the bottomless pit. Verse 2 says, and he opened the bottomless pit. And as we read verses 2 all the way through verse 9, we get a description of what is found in the bottomless pit. Then we get down to verse 10. Remember now, John is looking, he's seeing what's in the bottomless pit. Because he saw an angel fall from heaven to the earth, and a key was given to this angel. And this angel then opened up the bottomless pit, and John is able to see what's in this pit. We get to verse 10. It says, they had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. 
Verse 11, it says, And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. So John sees this star falling from heaven to the earth. A key is given to this angel. This angel opens up the pit, and John is able to see what's in the pit. He describes from verse 2 all the way to verse 10 what's in this pit. And then he says, and the creatures or individuals or residents of this pit had a king. He tells us who this king is in verse 11. He says, and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. So the king of the bottomless pit is an angel by the name of Abaddon or Apollyon. Abaddon means destruction. And Apollyon means destroyer. So destruction is not just something that takes place. Destruction is an unfortunate event at times, but who's behind destruction? There is an angel by the name of destruction. In the Greek, his name is destroyer. Apollyon or Abaddon. Then in Revelation 8. Revelation 8 verse 10. It says, then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? It says, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is what? Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. So we see in Scripture that there are, there are other angels with names. that I haven't seen anything, you know, in my study past this. I believe that every angel has a name. There was no need to put every angel's name in the Bible. Most likely, they probably, probably would need another 66 books to contain every angelic name. There's no need to know their names as far as this revelation is concerned, because we have to remember now the Bible is not a history book. The Bible does not tell us everything that has taken place since the beginning of time. The Bible is dealing with something. What's the Bible dealing with? Man had a position with God. Man lost that position. God gave us a way or, or, or sent his son so we could have that position again. Once we have that position again, this is how you live until I return. That's the gist of it. And in doing that, we're, 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 we're allowed to look into some you know, things regarding the creation of the earth, um, regarding to some apocalyptic, you know, events. But we're not, we're not told everything that has taken place in mankind in the Bible because it's, it's, it's not a history book. There's some history in it, but it's not dealing with every single historical event that has taken place. Do you understand? So I believe, I believe that, that every angel has a name. God knows their name. It's not essential for us to know their names. We wouldn't be able to remember all their names anyway. All right. Now we will move on to the angelic ranks. How many of you know God has order? God has order. Now, I'm going to read you some things. 
I know you've read them before. But uh, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verse 12. We all know what this says. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul just said that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This is what we wrestle against, or this is who we wrestle against. Now, in verse 12, what is, it, what, what is he listing here? He says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, then he says principalities. Well, what's a principality? Well, what's a power? Then he says rulers of darkness. Who are they? Spiritual hosts of wickedness. Who are the spiritual hosts of wickedness? Who are principalities? Who are, what are powers? What are rulers of darkness? What are spiritual hosts of wickedness? Well, even if I don't know what they are, I know where they are. Even if I don't know what they are, I do know where they are. Because he says, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So whatever these things are, whatever they look like, I know where they are. Where are they? In heavenly places. All right, go to Matthew 24. I want to go ahead and say this right now. Quite often we've, we, we thought that these were demonic spirits. They're not demonic spirits, they're angelic spirits. Because the majority of the church does not know the difference between an angel and a demon. We'll get to that later. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, 29. Jesus is speaking, says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the what? Heavens will be shaken. The powers of the heavens. Hmm, what's that about? Okay, turn to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 38. Romans 8, 38, when you have it, say, I have it. All right, Paul, Paul's writing here, verse 38, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor what? Okay, stop right there. He says, neither death, nor life. Then he says, nor angels. Then right after that, he says, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. So he, 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 he lists angels, and then right behind angels, principalities. Powers. What are principalities? What are powers? What are rulers? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Are you there? All right, it says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Paul just identified a, a, a group of individuals called rulers. If you have the traditional, you should say princes. He just identified these princes and these rulers, and he said, if these princes and these rulers had this wisdom that I'm talking about, they wouldn't have let Jesus get crucified. He identified a, a, a spiritual being that did not have the wisdom that we have. Bible called them rulers. Bible called them princes. Stay in 1 Corinthians, go to chapter 15. First Corinthians 15, one verse, verse 24, says, Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule, all authority, and all power. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're locating in the New Testament where we see these interesting words, principalities, Power. So what, what have we come across so far? Principalities, we've seen powers, we've seen rulers or princes. Ephesians chapter 1, look at the 20th verse. Verse 20 says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Watch this. Far above all principality and power. Oh, look here. Now we have and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. The scripture now identifies principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. Now, mights are another way of saying powers. So we have principalities, powers, rulers, or princes and dominions. Stay right in Ephesians, look at chapter 3. Now, we're going we're gonna to locate um, angelic ranks in this scripture, but we're also going to notice something, uh, something very important in regards to these angelic creatures that involves us, the church. Now, watch this. Ephesians 3, 8 says, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints. So Paul's talking about the saints. He says, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Watch this now. Let me read that. Verse 9 again, it says, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. 
So this mystery, whatever it is, it's been hidden in God from the beginning of the ages. It says, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Watch this, verse 10. To the intent that when, now, now the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom. Notice that it just didn't say wisdom of God, but it said manifold wisdom of God. And manifold simply means multicolored, textured, layered wisdom of God. Watch this. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? By the church. By the church to who? Principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So there's some things, there's some manifold wisdom, there's some things about God that angels know nothing about. They know nothing about, and the only way they're going to find out is by who? Is by the church. Because it says to the intent that, that now, now what? Jesus at the right hand of the Father, authority has been given to the church here in the earth realm. Now manifold wisdom will be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. And once again, even if I don't know what a principality is, even if I don't know what a power is, I know where it is. In heavenly places. If something is in heavenly places, it must have some personality. All right. Look now at Colossians chapter 1. Oh, we've been taught so long that these were demons. You can find out demons, <laughs> demons have about zero power. <laughs> you, you, a, a demon shouldn't even be mentioned in the same category as an angel. It's, it's no competition. It's, it's no contest. Demons are, 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 they are cowards. Watch, you'll, 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 you'll see. Colossians chapter 1, are you there? Verse 16. Oh, we, we read verse 16 already. And it talks about thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Ah, oh, but we see thrones now. We, see, we saw principalities and powers, rulers or princes, dominions. Now we have thrones. But I'll go ahead and read verse 16. Colossians 1, 16 says, For by him... All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Stay in Colossians. Look at chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Look here, verse 10. It says, And you are complete in him who is the head of what? All principality and power. Staying in this same chapter, look at the 15th verse. Says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hmm. I wonder when. <laughs> See, what this, let me tell you what's awesome about this. It says, he disarmed principalities and powers. Now, the devil only knew so much about what was taking place at Calvary. So, as much as he knew, we would have to assume that every single soldier in his kingdom knew less than him. Now, 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 the devil, he thought he was defeating Christ. He thought that was defeat. Now, he realized, he realized once, once, uh, 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 once he died, he descended into the heart of the earth. The devil was the first to know that he was defeated. 
the other residents in his kingdom, at some point they were going to know. Now right here it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And I believe that the majority of these principalities and powers that got embarrassed, they got embarrassed when they saw him traveling through the second heaven up to the third heaven to go to the right hand of the Father. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. All right, let's look at one more. First Peter chapter 3, verse 22. First Peter 3, 22. And it says, it's talking about Jesus, it says, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Watch this. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. Okay, and then in Jude 9, we already went there. We saw that the, the scripture literally calls Michael a what? An archangel. So we have governmental levels among angels. Now, here's what's interesting. Why would an angel be called a throne? Think about this. Why would an angel be called a power? Why would an angel be called a dominion? Why would an angel be called a ruler? Why would an angel be called an authority? Why would an angel be called a principality? What do all these words have in common? Principalities, powers, rulers, throne, dominion, authorities. What do all these words have in common? The words speak for themselves, do they not? Thrones, dominion, power, rulership. These are angelic ranking. In other words, when I think of throne, I think of, of where the king sits, where the king, king declares and makes decisions and decrees, laws and things of that nature. However, an angel is called a throne. Why is that? Very simple. We'll, we'll, we'll see this clearly in Daniel chapter 10. Angels, the third that fell with Satan, are just as defeated as he is. They're just as defeated as he is. They have no power except what you give them. They cannot wreak havoc in your life unless you give them an open door. But here's why they're called thrones. Here's why they're called dominions. Because every single one of these words have to do with Authority and power. As I said, the words speak for themselves. They're called dominions because they have to do with dominion. And, and rulers because they deal with rulership. Authorities because they, they're dealing with authority. Powers because they're dealing with powers. Thrones because they're dealing with thrones. All of these words have something in common. Daniel chapter 10, are you there? Now, before I read this, let me say this to you. The devil is not God. Don't know if you knew that. If you didn't, you know it now. 
The devil is not God. It is not God versus the devil. Because one created the other. Now, the devil is, he is, he is, he is, he's anti-God. He is a perversion of God. He's not God. He's not like God. He does not have all knowledge, all power, and he is not all present. God is, not the devil. So because the devil is not omnipresent, and because he doesn't know all things, because he doesn't have all power, he is ruling authorities under his command. He assigns an angel to every person. The devil is a defeated foe who really doesn't have too many devices, but he's effective at what he does because he's been observing mankind since the garden. How's he been observing mankind? His army. He doesn't just know all things like God knows all things, but he knows what he knows because of his soldiers. Now, the devil influences others by the spirits he has assigned to them. Daniel chapter 10, you'll see what I mean. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, now who are we talking about? Right here. Based off the few words we read, who are we talking about? Cyrus, king of Persia. Okay. Watch this now. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. So Cyrus is, is the king of, of where? Okay. A message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I, Daniel, lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Euphanas. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Can we agree he's not talking about some mere man? His body was like barrel, face like the appearance of lightning. What does that look like? His eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And here's my favorite part. When this one creature speaks, it sounds like a multitude. Verse 7, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. 
Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Watch this. Before we read verse 13, go back to verse 1. Who was identified in verse 1? Cyrus, the king of Persia. Look at verse 13. It says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Oh, well, what is he talking about? Okay, let's first identify who, who's speaking here. Whoever, who's speaking is this man that Daniel described in verse 6. Daniel describes some creature in verse 6. We can agree that this is an angelic creature. When we get down to verse 11, this angelic creature that Daniel described in verse 6 is now speaking to Daniel. And what does he say in verse 12? This creature that Daniel described in verse 6 Speaks in verse 12, says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Remember what Daniel was talking about early on in the chapter. He said, he said I, was, I was mourning for three full weeks. This creature says, The moment you spoke, your words were heard. And I have become because of your word, but, watch what he said. He said, When you spoke, we heard. We just couldn't get there quite yet. Why? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. That's three weeks, isn't he? The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Well, who's the prince of Persia? We were talking about the king of Persia in verse 1. Now, this prince cannot be some man because there's no way a man can withhold an angel for three weeks. Maybe under the New Testament, us believers of authority and power. But, it, but, it, but it, in, in this time frame here, no mere man could do this. This creature that Daniel describes in verse 6 says, I was on my way, Daniel. I heard you, man. I, I, I was coming for you. This cat over here, he helped me up. <laughs> Who is he? The Bible calls him the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Watch this. Withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael. I know that guy. Now, Watch what it says. Notice what it doesn't say. It does not say Michael, the chief prince. What does it say? Michael, one of the chief princes, which means if he's a chief prince, there must be other chief princes. Watch this now. Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. This unidentified angel says Michael came to help me with this Prince of Persia character. Do you see that? For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Who is this prince of the kingdom of Persia. He's not talking about Cyrus. Cyrus is the king of Persia. Who's the prince of Persia? Real simple. The prince of Persia is the angelic spirit assigned to the king of Persia by the devil. And guess what? He did it in Daniel. He's doing it today. They're called thrones. They're called rulers. They're called authorities. Wouldn't you agree that Cyrus would be a man of authority? Now, we all know that there have been some rulers in this world that have existed, that have made some decisions that didn't seem to be godly. You know, Adolf Hitler was a ruler. Stalin was a ruler. Khans were rulers. I wonder what influenced them to make certain decisions. We got rulers today that don't always make the best decisions. They're called authorities. They're people of power. They're people in a position of rulership. People, in, in, people that, that are in a position that could do what? That can, that can declare a law. That can affect a nation. 
So why wouldn't the devil assign a spirit to an individual and say, you know what, instead of dealing with all these people, I'll just deal with the ruler and let the ruler deal with the people. The prince of Persia was assigned to the king of Persia. And this character, this creature, verse 6 says, man, I was trying to, Daniel, we heard your words. But this prince of Persia withheld me for three weeks. I had to get my homeboy Michael just to come out me. Watch this. Verse 14. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned to my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. See, that's the characteristic of an angel. That's what they did to Jesus in the garden and in the wilderness. Strengthened. Verse 19, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, who's the he? The guy he talks about in verse 6. We don't know this character's name, but we know he's some creature of great power and strength. His voice sounds like a multitude. His face is like lightning. His eyes are like torches of fire. And he was coming to help Daniel, but the prince of Persia withheld him. And he got Michael to help him. Now watch here in verse 20. He says, then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to what? Fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Who's the prince of Greece? Just like the prince of Persia. Spirit assigned to Greece. And to this day, <laughs> you think there isn't a prince of the United States? There's a prince of Iraq, there's a prince of Iran, there's a prince of Australia, there's a, there's, there's a prince of you name the country. Doing exactly what the prince of Persia is doing and what the prince of Greece. Now whoever this, now, now see, we always talk about spiritual warfare. Well we know what spiritual warfare is. Remember Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So spiritual warfare is not fighting like we think of fighting. Our, our warfare is what? Well, we have the word. We have our tongue, the words that come out of our mouth. And see, that's why I believe that the devil, he's, 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 he hates man. Ah, oh, I can't get to that yet. All right, but look here. No, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll get to yet. But look here. So, so, so spiritual warfare is not, is not fighting. Why? Because if, 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 if we try to go head up with an angel in regards to physical strength, it's over. Oh, but thank God I've been given. See you, see, you think you want strength. You don't want strength. You want power. You want authority. That's why I said I've given you power and authority over all, or to trample on serpents and scorpions and, and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will, be, will by any means hurt you. So you have power and authority. But now watch this. This angel says, I'm fighting with the prince of Persia, and now I must go to fight with the prince of Greece. Now when angels fight, we, that's a different story. See, that's warfare in the spirit realm. That's totally different. It's not about words. They fight. <laughs> we know that. We know that for a fact because Michael and his angels deal with the devil and his angels in Revelation 12. 
which lets you know, come on, the devil couldn't be that powerful. He couldn't be that powerful because if he was equal with God, God would have to deal with them. God was like, I don't have to, Michael will take you out. You're nothing. That's, that's, that's so, so rulers, dominions, powers, authority, angelic rankings, governmental levels in the, and they're in the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of God. You got good powers and bad powers, good principalities, evil, evil principalities, good thrones, evil thrones, good authorities, evil authorities. Just like you have good cherubim, evil cherubim, good seraphim, evil seraphim. You, the devil took a third of the angels. Took a third. He himself was a cherub. And, and obviously he, he's probably, he's probably very interesting because, you know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians, an interesting creature because in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, the scripture reads that, that he's able to transform himself into an angel of light. Yes. And then it says that his ministers can do the same thing. So he's a very unique creature. But we have these, these creatures are called powers because they have been placed in a position of power to influence a person of power. Authorities, dominions, that's the, that's the Those are angels. Every place we went, Matthew, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, when you see that word, principality, power, ruler, that is an angelic spirit, a classification or type of angel. You, you good? You, you got an understanding of that? Okay. All right. Now you're in Daniel. Uh, look at look at Daniel chapter four. The the the, the scripture. I want to let the scripture speak for itself, and, and so you can get it. Because when I read it, I received it. It made sense. I said Daniel four, right? Now you have and and you have rankings in the kingdom of darkness, but then you have these other words that pop up in scriptures. For example, like stars, a star just could be another is another word for an angel. Daniel four, look at verse thirteen. I saw in the visions of my head while on the bed, and there was a what? A watcher, a holy one coming down from where? So we have these creatures called watchers. Look at verse 17. It says, this decision is by the decree of the what? Watchers. And the sentence by the word of the what? Holy ones. Look at verse 23. It says, and inasmuch as the king saw what? The watcher, a holy one coming down from where? From heaven. I believe they're called watchers because their assignment is to watch. Now, I showed you the stars. We, I think Revelation 9 was, was the most accurate scripture in regards to, to stars. Also in Job 38, 7, we notice something. It says, the sons of God shouted for joy. So sons of God must be some spiritual personality because they shouted. Then it says, and the morning stars sang. So morning stars must be some, some spiritual creatures or personalities because it couldn't be an it because they sang. Now, it says morning stars sang together, which could be, at, that's some time in eternity past, could be creatures that 
were under Satan's authority because Satan or Lucifer meant morning star. Job 37 mentions morning stars in plural. These could be morning stars under the uh, jurisdiction of the morning star. But, but the scripture shows us, in, or the word of God shows us there are places in scripture where the word star is referring to angels. Look at something else interesting here in Job 38. I believe the Holy Spirit showed something to me in regards to natural disasters. I believe that the kingdom of darkness is behind natural disasters. Angels are behind natural disasters. One thing that, that, that uh, I told you to go, Job uh, 38, right? Job 38. One clue was the mention of stars, heavenly bodies falling from heaven. Another clue was angels holding back the winds. What great power, what great strength to hold back wind. Job 38. I'm not sure how this reads in the traditional, but if you have a new King James, you're going to see something interesting. Job 38, verse 35. Beginning part of that verse says, can you send out what? Okay, stop right there. Number one, you notice that the word is plural. Second line says that they may go. And then what? And say to you, lightnings say here we are. Revelation chapter 4, the fifth verse. Revelation 4, fifth verse says, it says, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Now, this star stuff, this lightning stuff, and this thundering stuff, I, I believe that the kingdom of darkness, for example, prime example was, was Hurricane Katrina. That was a devil. That was all devil. That was all Satan. I can prove to you uh, that, it, that, it, that it's Satan. You know, because some people say, oh, there's an act of God. Well, th that couldn't be because, you know, whenever God, all you have to do is read the account of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah. Whenever God is judging, he separates the wicked from the righteous. When the earth was filled with wickedness, what did, what did, what did he say? Oh, there's one man, Noah. Noah and his family were considered righteous. The rest of the earth was wicked. Same with Sodom and Gomorrah. And in Abraham, Abraham knew the nature and character of God. He says, hey guys, so well if I go in this city and I find 50 righteous, what you gonna do? He says, you know what, for those 50 righteous, I'll spare the whole place. He said, if I, what if I find 40? I'll spare the whole place. What about 30? I'll spare the whole place. What about 20? I'll spare the whole place. What about 10? I'll spare the whole place. That's God, that's the way he works. He deals with wickedness. There's wickedness over there. Here's righteousness. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, I believe verse 31 says, if we would judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord so that we, the church, may not be condemned with them, the world. 
He separates the two. You're either part of the world or you're part of my kingdom. Now, when I, when I deal with my kingdom, I deal with them as Father God. When I deal with the world, I'm dealing with them as the judge. We see it with Noah. We see it. So, so Katrina, that, that was the devil. Because some of God's children lost their lives in that unfortunate event. Now, I believe who's, who's responsible for events like that are angels. The devil's angels. And the reason why is because, think about this. This earth realm and, and, and everything we experience in this earth realm is a result of what? Okay, yeah, that, that was good, but I should have been more specific. Okay, you're right, it is. It's a result of sin. What I mean is, this world exists. Why? Say it again. You said God created it. This is the physical realm, right? When God created it, he was where? In the spirit realm. So which realm was here first? The spirit realm. So the real world is the spirit realm. That's where God was. This place is like a copy of the real world. So, so when God did something in the spirit realm, it affected this realm. Now, angels, I'd say I believe, when I read that in Revelation 7, that these, these angels had, had the strength and power to hold back winds. I wonder if they can hold back wind, could they be the cause of wind? Now, just think about this. You got angels with a wingspan of 16 feet. Let's say 100 million angels decide to cut up in the spirit room. Let's, let's, let's say we know they fight. Daniel chapter 10, some fighting with the prince of Persia. Now I got to go deal with the prince of Greece. What happens when angels fight? Well, that's in the spirit realm. But I wonder if what's taking place in the spirit realm could possibly have some effect on what's going on in the physical realm. What happens when 50 million of God's angels go up against 75 million of the devil's angels? What, what, hap what happens when an angel swings? What happens when 25 million of them are flapping their wings in succession as a result of frustration, as a, as a result. I just, I just wonder what's taking place. Seeing this lightning stuff, seeing this thundering, I, I wonder what's going on. When I hear the thunder rumble, I wonder what that is. What's that about? When, when, lightning, when I see lightning flash, I wonder what that's about. You see, if it's causing destruction, God's not a God of destruction. Just, that's, not, that's not how he works. And when, when, God, when, God, when God is in the mix, God, he don't destroy sections. He's going to wipe the whole place out. He took care of the earth. He, he completely eradicated Sodom and Gomorrah. And when, when, God, when God's behind judgment, you're going to know it's God. And when God's behind, see, see if God was behind Katrina, you'd have, you'd have children of God with awesome testimonies. That's how people were dying left and right, but but nothing by any means. I believe that's what's taking place. I believe what, what takes place in the, in the spirit realm bleeds over here into the physical realm. 
Now, I also informed you of cherubim and seraphim, four-winged creatures and, and six-winged creatures. The Bible in Ezekiel chapter 1, you don't have to go there. Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel describes what he calls living creatures. And then nine chapters later, it appears he calls these living creatures cherubim. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, we get a description of creatures that resemble Isaiah 6, 2, and 3. In Isaiah 6, 2, and 3, we were introduced to seraphim. In Revelation 4, 8, we're introduced to six-winged creatures called living creatures. I believe that there are two types of living creatures. Some would say that there are cherubim, seraphim, and living creatures. I believe the living creatures come in two types, cherubim and seraphim. What do the cherubim do? They protect God's glory and proclaim his grace. Cherubim protect God's glory and proclaim his grace. Seraphim show forth the holiness and transcendence of God. Seraphim show forth the holiness and transcendence of God. Living creatures worship God directly. They witness the worshiping of God by redeemed men, and they direct the judgments of God. Living creatures worship God directly, witness the worshiping of God by redeemed men, and direct the judgments of God. Let's talk about the devil for a little bit. He used to have a name. He used to have a title. He used to be known as Lucifer, which means light bearer and morning star. He used to be called the anointed cherub that covers. Oh, but pride got in the way. And now he's known as someone else. Here are his current titles. He's known as the devil and Satan. Watch this now. Let me tell you how the devil was created. Because God did not create the devil. God did not create Satan. He created himself. When he put his own will in opposition to the will of God, he committed treason. Therefore, we have the origin of sin. He exalted himself against God and became Satan, which means adversary. To justify himself, he accused God, and in doing that, he became the devil, for the devil means accuser. This is how Lucifer became the devil and Satan, and answers the question, did God make the devil? Which gives us our answer, no, he created himself. He has many titles. You don't have to go there, you can write these down, uh, if you'd like, or just listen. According to Ephesians 2.2, he's known as the prince of the power of the air. According to 2 Corinthians 4.4, he's known as the God of this age. According to John 14.30 and John 16.11, he's known as the ruler or prince of this world. According to John 10.10, he's the thief. John 8.44, the father of lies. Matthew 9, 34, the prince of demons. 1 Peter 5, 8, like a roaring lion. Matthew 13, 19, 
the wicked one. 2 Corinthians 6.15, Belial. Matthew 12.27, Beelzebub. Revelation 12.9, dragon. Revelation 20, verse 2, serpent. 1 Corinthians 14.33, the author of confusion. 1 Thessalonians 3.5, the tempter. Malachi 3.11 calls him the devourer. Psalm 91.3 calls him the fowler. But we'll have to pick up next time. Thanks for listening. Our hope is that you received something that you could apply to your life and strengthen your faith. At Crenshaw Christian Center, New York, we believe that the Word of God is practical for everyday application. Feel free to stay in touch with us via social media, or you can give us a call at 212-749-9323. If you're in the New York area, you're welcome to join us at one of our services. Our Sunday morning service is at the New Yorker Hotel at 945 a.m. That's on 34th Street and 8th Avenue in New York City. Or join us for Bible study on Thursday evenings at our fellowship office, 470 7th Avenue on the 6th floor, right in Herald Square. Thanks again for listening. And remember, walk by faith, not by sight.